Never had Lucia scored so amazingly as over Olga's late appearance, which had the effect of bringing back all her departed guests with the compulsion of a magnet over iron filings, and sending up the whole party like a rocket into the zenith of social success. All Rysam knew that Olga had come, after playing croquet with Georgie the entire afternoon, and had given them free, gratis, and for nothing such a treat as only the wealthiest could obtain with the most staggering fees. Lady Ambermere alone, driving back to the hall with Pug and poor Miss Lyle, was the only person who had not shared in that. And she knew all about it next day, for Georgie had driven out on purpose to tell her, and met Lucia coming away. How, then, would the advent of Olga affect Rysam's social working generally? And how would it affect Lucia in particular? And what would Lucia say when she knew on whose behalf Georgie was so busy with plumbers and painters, and with buying so many of the desirable treasures in the Ambermere Arms? Frankly, he could not answer these conundrums. They presupposed inconceivable situations, which, yet, though inconceivable, were shortly coming to pass. For Olga's advent might be expected before October, that season of tea-parties that ushered in the multifarious gaieties of the winter. Would Olga form part of the moonlight circle to whom Lucia played the first movement of the moonlight sonata, and give a long sigh at the end like the rest of them? And would Lucia, when they had all recovered a little from the invariable emotion, go to her and say, Olga Mia, just a little bit out of the Valkyrie? It would be so pleasant. Somehow Georgie, with all his imagination, could not picture such a scene. And would Olga take the part of second citizeness, or something of the sort, when Lucia played Portia? Would Olga join the elementary class of yoga and be instructed by Lucia in her teacher's robe? Would she sing treble in the Christmas carols? While Lucia beat time and said in syllables dictated by the rhythm, Treble's a little flat, my poor ears. Georgie could not imagine any of these things. And yet, unless Olga took no part in the social life of Rhizome at all, and that was equally inconceivable, what was the alternative? True, she had said that she was coming here because it was so ideally lazy a backwater, but Georgie did not take that seriously. She would soon see what Rhizome was when its life poured down in spate, whirling her punt along with it. And, finally, what would happen to him when Olga was set as a shining star in this firmament? Already he revolved about her. He was aware, like some eager, delighted little moon, drawn away from the orbit where it had encircled so contentedly by the more potent planet and the measure of his detachment from that old orbit might be judged precisely by the fact that the process of detachment, which was already taking place, was marked by no sense of the pull of opposing forces at all. The great new star sailing into the heavens had just picked him up by force of its superior power of attraction, even as by its momentary conjunction with Lucia at the garden party it had raised her to a magnitude she had never possessed before. That magnitude was still Lucia's, and no doubt would be until the great star appeared again, 